0: Kettering Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bucus Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling.
2: I want to invite our attention to the Book of Acts, chapter 3, verse number 1. We began a series of messages on last Sunday entitled Summer Revival for the Modern Day Church. This morning we find ourselves here in Acts chapter 3, God's Word reads as follows. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Father in heaven, we need you on this morning that you might open up this scripture to our understanding and our application. Let the power of the Spirit of God move in this place in such a way that any that enter this door today that do not know you in a very personal and intimate way. Lord, let that connection be made today that they might be drawn out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. Father, I'm praying that the power of your Word we not only minister to those who are sitting here in the congregation, but those that would hear through radio, through internet, those that would hear through CDs or DVDs, those, God, that might pick up through live streaming, whatever means by which this word might reach someone, God, I pray that you would minister to them by the power of that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, use me as an instrument in your hands to accomplish your will. I surrender all to you today. Let me, God, not only be an instrument that distributes, but let me be an instrument that receives. So while I'm preaching, let the Word be preached to me. Have your way, God, even now in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, we pray with thanksgiving and expectation. Amen. As we began our series last week in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, we spoke to you from the subject matter as it deals with summer revival for the modern-day church Remember we need the Holy Spirit if we are going to experience revival in the modern church of today, we need to be reminded that we need the Holy Spirit. I think, unfortunately, that the church has become very comfortable with doing the ministry without the Holy Spirit. In fact, I believe some folk didn't even realize we had the Holy Spirit to use. But if we're going to be effective, if we're going to experience revival, if we're going to get back to the main thing that God called us, saved us for, and left us here for, we need the Holy Spirit. As we walked through that passage last week, we saw that the Holy Spirit came for the purpose of fulfilling a divine promise. God had promised, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to send you another comforter who is not me, but is me in another form. And so an alas comforter, another of the same kind, and he will not only be with you, but he will be in you. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria and to the other most parts of the world. In Acts chapter 2, we found that the Holy Spirit came not only to fulfill that divine promise, but the Holy Spirit came when they were united in one place, and everybody had everything in common, and they were focusing on the same thing. There in the upper room, they were gathered together, but they had been praying for a period of time. They had been praying for the same thing. They were all on one accord, and when they all came together with one idea, one agenda, one plan to meet God, to fulfill His promise, then the Holy Spirit it came and came upon them When the Holy Spirit came upon them, the Holy Spirit came to manifest divine power. So when the Holy Spirit did come upon them, the Bible says, there sat on each one of them tongues as a fire. And the word of God that we understood and opened up last week to help you to understand is that as these unlearned Galilean men began to speak in the hearing of all those who were gathered from all over the whole world, every nation under the heavens was gathered together and everybody heard them speak in their own language and their own dialect of the language. Therefore, manifesting that these guys can't be doing this by themselves, they must be speaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. Church of today, if we're going to have revival take place, if we're going to get out of the regular, the routine, the just religious activities of coming and going, we need the Holy Spirit. This morning, I want to talk to you from the subject matter as reviving the reputation of the church. Do you realize that the church has a bad reputation? The reputation that the public has about the church is not a positive one. We're struggling, we're dealing with the issues today of a bad reputation because of many publicized as well as private activities, abuses that have gone on and are going on in the church of the living God. Even today, there are publicized and unpublicized abuses that manifest themselves sexually, emotionally, spiritually, and so people have gone through this process of being abused, and those who don't believe anyhow are standing on the outside looking, and they draw an opinion about what the church is, and so therefore the reputation of the church has not been one where people feel invited into, but rather, I just as Assume, stay away from. So the reputation of the church today is not attracting those who most need it, which Jesus designed it to do, to reach the lost that's why he gave them the Holy Spirit. And in Acts one eight, that's why he said, when you receive this power, you will be my witnesses to the unsaved and unknowing world in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And so somewhere along the line, we've lost the focus of what The kingdom of God designed the church to be and what we're here for. And somewhere along the line, the reputation of the church has become very extremely tarnished. If revival is going to take place in the modern day church, we've got to revive the reputation of the church. In this text, what we saw here, this temple that has a reputation issue, Peter and John have just been endowed with the Holy Spirit. Peter has preached his first message. This dude, I mean, he hasn't been to seminary. He hasn't had any homiletics classes, no hermeneutics. He hasn't been to the E.K. Belly Expository Preaching Conference. He hasn't been under Pastor Sterling, under pastoral training. He hasn't done any of that. This dude has been endowed with the Holy Spirit, and he goes out, preaches his first sermon, and his first sermon, under the power of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people come to the church. First sermon untrained, unlearned. Three thousand come and are joined to the church as the Spirit of God drew them. Did y'all catch that part? It was the Spirit of God that drew the people. And so three thousand were joined to the church. And as these three thousand are joined to the church, Peter and John, they go together and they say, let's go to the temple. They're going to go to the temple at the hour of prayer. It's prayer time. It's three o'clock in the afternoon, and they say, we're going to the temple at prayer time, no doubt, to pray and to be witnesses. So they thought. But as it often transpires, when you are in the midst of doing the business of God. You have your plan. Pastor Pugh, you know something about this. But then God will intersect your plan with his divine purpose. While they're on their way to pray, they run into this lame man who's been lame since birth, and they encounter him at the temple to prove out our first point. Now, If you look there in your text, it says they Peter and John they went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is ninth hour, which is literally three o'clock, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. Let me see if I can walk you through this because as I began to look at this, the first thing I want to show you is that there's a wrong reputation of the temple of the church. Because somebody ought to say, because it dawned on me, wait a minute, let's hear this one more time. Peter and John go to the temple to pray, and there's a man that people take to the temple, but they lay him outside the temple every day wait a minute Peter and John are going to the temple to pray to the living God who not long ago was crucified on a cross, buried in a tomb, raised again the third day, ascended to glory, sitting on the right hand of God, making intercession for all of the saints. But while they're there at the temple, there's a group of people, there's at least two folk I'm guessing, that are carrying this lame man who's been lame since his mother's womb. They're carrying him to the temple, not in the temple, to the temple, and they're laying him at the gate of the temple, not to ask for healing, but to ask for money. There's a wrong reputation about the church. Because I asked this question to myself, they're taking this lame man to the temple and he's been lame since his mother's womb. I'm thinking to myself, they've been taking him there for a very long time because this is the regular routine that we know at the ninth hour, which is three o'clock, saints go there to pray. You put him outside the temple because there's a reputation that the church has about this whole thing. And so I said, well, why would you take a lame man, set him outside the temple while people go in the temple to pray to a powerful God who can do anything but fail? Well, the answer came to me because the reputation of the church is not that you go in to the church, pray to the living God, get in contact with the power of God, and have your life changed. No, the reputation of this church is if you go outside the church, when the Christian religious people come in the church, they'll have mercy on you and they'll give you pocket change. Now the question I have, have people become comfortable with getting pocket change or do they want spiritual change? There's a reputation, no doubt, of this church. The reputation is man if you just hang out here you look at sad and pitiful and you 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 know you put your hand out and hold your head down and, and beg they'll have they'll they'll have compassion because you know the religious people are going in to pray and they don't want to seem unconnected to God and so they'll drop you a dime or a penny a, a, or something and so the reputation is you can make somehow a reasonable living or an augmentation of your living at the church, outside the church. You never have to go in, you never have to pray, but you could take advantage of those who will have compassion on you if you sit outside. You all still here with me? That's the reputation of this church. Otherwise, they wouldn't bring this lame man to the church every day at prayer time. Because there would be no reason if, were in, if, if, if that wasn't the reputation of the church. The reputation is you can go there and get money. Well, guess what? That reputation hasn't changed a whole lot. There's still people that come to the church thinking that the church is social services. Yeah. I can come here and get a check. Every year in January, since I've been in ministry 30 years, I've noticed that people can't pay their electric bills from December or their mortgages short and those people come to the church in January because even though they were able to pay it all year long something happened in December probably around the 25th that caused them to come up short I'm just telling y'all the truth and so the idea is I can go to the church And they'll pay my electric bill, my water bill, my mortgage, my rent that I didn't pay because I bought Boo Boo and Johnny and Susie and Sally and Tutu. I bought them all the toys they wanted. They got PlayStation, they got Nikes, they got Louis, and they got everybody. But I couldn't pay—can the church pay? I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. I'm talking about the reputation. What reputation does the church have? See, because when I thought through this thing, I said, now they they came, this guy, and they brought him there because the reputation is you you can get some change, but not life change. You can get some change for your pocket, but not life change for your situation. And something's wrong when the reputation of the church is that you can't get life change for your situation. Something's wrong when the reputation of the church is that you're an entertainment center, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it because y'all know there's some churches that's their reputation. If you want a concert, that's where you go. That's the concert church. There, there's some places the reputation is uh, uh, well, you can go there and meet people. This is this is eharmony dot dot church dot net. It's where you go, man. They got some fine men up in that place. You can go get you a man. What's the reputation? These are things that, that literally is, is, how do I say, is robbing the church of the living God of the power that Christ died for. He didn't die to, to create a, a social network for you to connect with other folks so you can get a new husband or a new wife. Now, don't get me wrong. ain't nothing wrong with meeting folk in church, but don't come for that purpose. Because while the preacher's preaching, you're looking around seeing who got on the wedding ring and who, who coming by themselves. And are they here this week? And you, you done changed seats so you can get closer to where they sit every week. And something wrong with the reputation is where I'm getting us to. These guys, this guy thought, this is where I can get paid. This is where I can get some money. Sometimes the, the reputation of the church is, is that the church is some kind of a money dispenser. The church is not a money dispenser. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not resources of the church are the voluntary donations of people who trust and believe in the living God and who want to be faithful to what God has called them to do so that the ministry of the gospel can go forward so that the power of the Holy Spirit that God put in us as a living church can go forward so the lost can know Jesus so they don't have to go to hell but they can go to heaven that's the purpose of the, 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 the church, but we've, we've defamed it, we've defiled it, we've, we've messed it up, and, and for some we reduced it to just being a business. This is a place of, this is just a business. It has nothing to do with God. They arrest God right out of the picture. We don't need God. We don't check with God. We don't check his word. We don't see what does the word say about this thing. No, this is what we do in my business. This is what we do in the business world. Well, here, here's a news alert. The business world does not exist without the living God. There's, here's a news flash. The business world's principles come from the Bible. They only operate according to how God laid things out. But we've, we've defiled it. We've, we've messed it up. We've got a wrong reputation. This church, this temple, has a wrong reputation of what God designed it to be. Can I move us along? Verse number three, it says, after, after they, they, we get to introduce this guy, he's laying there at the gate. They've laid him there, the beautiful gate, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, acts for alms. This is what he does. And fixing his eyes on him, John and Peter fixing on with with John. Peter, Peter said, look at us, man. Look, look. Look at us. So he says, so he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them. This 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 temple, this church, there's a wrong reputation which creates a wrong expectation. This, this guy, this lame guy, he expects Peter and John to give him some money because, watch this, because the reputation is, this is where I get money from, from people who come in the temple. Now, I could be overreading this. I could be. I could be. But my guess is, because of where they are, they're not regulars to the temple. And so, therefore, when this guy who is a regular beggar outside the temple sees some folk who are not regular to the temple, he has a higher expectation that they will get some money, he will get some money from them. Now, he probably already knows the folk who ain't never going to give him no money because he sees them every week. You know, some of them, he just, he know I ain't getting nothing from them because I've been here for 10 years and they haven't given me nothing yet. But now he's got some new guys that are coming in, and the text says he saw them about to go in the temple, and he asked for alms from them because there's an expectation that he's going to get something from them. And so he expects money from them. And Here's what I'm trying to get us to see. When the church has a wrong, wrong reputation, it's going to create wrong expectation. So people are going to expect certain things from the church when the church has a certain reputation. Are y'all still here with me? And so here's this guy. And so now watch, watch this. He expects money from them. Watch this. He, Peter says, look at us. Now here, here, here's where it really gets, 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 gets down to the ro- rubber gets down to the road. Peter says, look at us. When a beggar gains the eye contact of a potential giver, he knows he's going to get something now. Y'all still here with me? Can I, just, can I just pretend I'm you for a minute? When you're walking through the district and, the, you know, there's folk, panhandlers or whatever, and they're, they're there and they got their little signs and buckets or whatever, and they don't smell good and they don't look good, and what you have become accustomed to doing, you don't even look at them. When you're sitting in your car and they're at the light and they got their little sign, you know, hungry, need food, and, and all that, you, you turn your head the other way. You pretend like you're on your phone, you're looking at the, at the dials. You won't give them eye contact. Can I just pretend like I'm you for a minute? Just, I'm just pretending, I'm pretending. But I know some of y'all are hyper spiritual and y'all looking right at that, they're looking right in the face and all that. That ain't me. I'm just pretending like I'm you and I'm gonna tell you about me. I'm not giving you eye contact. I'm going about my business. Because if I give you eye contact, what that means is, you have now engaged me and you have already begun to break me down to get into my wallet. So when Peter says, look at us, this dude says, I got him now, eye contact. Because the most of the people that walked in the temple just passed right by him, they didn't even look at him, just like us, just like we would do. Y'all still here? And so now he says, "Look at us!" And he says, "Oh yeah!" And so watch this. The text says, "I didn't say this." The text says he gives them his attention, expecting to receive something. So his expectation, because of the reputation of the church, because of the reputation that has been associated with this place called the temple, and because of the contact that he now has, he expects to get something from them. But what did he expect? He expected to get what he always got. Whew, Lord have mercy. When the church has a bad reputation, it creates a wrong expectation, and when the expectation becomes the reputation then you always get what you always got.
1: To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Buchis Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at ketteringministries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.
2: Hey, folks, Rich Lee here. Well, my pillow has now made it easier than ever to own a pillow. Not only are they still... On- Three-star general
0: Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn...